the award-winning seven-seat Kia Sorento. Kia, official partner of the FIFA Women's World Cup 2023. Toolmart, the complete tool centre, serving WA for over 40 years. This is Sports Day. Don't change me Don't change me Yes, a very good afternoon, everyone. Uh, welcome to Sports Day WA. Thanks to Hayes and Mardo. They're back again tomorrow between 3 and 5. And by the time they're on air at 3 o'clock tomorrow afternoon, I think the Braden Maynard case may have been done and dusted by then because I don't expect it. That is a decision to be made in the next hour. And as Jimmy Williams, uh, the executive producer of The Run Home and Sports Day WA has been doing, He's keeping us up to date. And the last report he gave just before five o'clock was that Collingwood are likening Braden Maynard and Angus Brayshaw to cars. One car, Brayshaw, has veered into the path of another car. Say that again. Yeah, I'll say it again. Here we go. Collingwood are likening Braden Maynard and Angus Brayshaw to cars. Now, one car, which is Brayshaw, has veered into the path of another car. There you go. Anyway, we're not going to go through because there's going to be so many permutations and combinations. That must be the Brayshaw car that's just gone. Uh, that we're not going to get into the nitty-gritty because this is going to become an absolute... What's the word? Maybe a word fest. And everybody's going to grandstand and try and look at different angles. They're looking at everything possible to try and sway it their way. And don't be surprised if the decision, the decision uh, doesn't go the way of the AFL, that the AFL may come out and say, we're appealing that tribunal decision. Lucky Collingwood aren't playing this weekend, but we'll keep you up to date with that. A lot has been said. Simon Goodwin, the coach of the Melbourne Football Club, but did speak today. And as we know, that is the, the big story of the day for the good oil for Cobram Estate. Premier Australian extra virgin olive oil. He did speak about the Maynard Brayshaw incident, and this is what Simon Goodwin had to say. Yeah, look, he's progressing well. Clearly, he's in the protocols, and there's more checks that need to be done. Um, but you know, so far, so good in terms of his progression back to to where we want to be. But you know, there's some tests that still need to be done. He's got to work through these protocols, and we certainly won't take a risk with him as a player. Um, you know, there's a big picture to think of here with Angus and um, we just got to make sure everything's done properly. His health is paramount in this situation. So we certainly won't take a risk, but we'll make sure all the protocols are done well. And then once we get through that, we'll assess it then. I oh, certainly normal procedure for someone that's had a concussion history. Um, so this is part of the protocols that we'll step through and make sure that everything's in line with where we want Angus to be. Um, and give us some real comfort about where his health sits. And I think we need to do that as a footy club. Angus needs to do that. His family needs to understand that. And we make sure we step through the protocols in the right way. And as I said, like his health is paramount in this space. So we need to make sure he's 100% right um, and make sure we, we tick all those boxes to ensure that. Oh, we certainly haven't had any of those discussions um, at all. But clearly with concussion, um, you need to make sure everything is done properly and health is paramount in this space. And we've seen a number of players retire due to concussion. Um, so as I said, we need to make sure the athlete, in this case, Angus, um, is clear, he's functioning fully. Um, and we're really clear about what it looks like moving forward. But 
Um, I think nothing's off the table at this point. We need to make sure he works through these protocols the right way. Yeah. I think, you know, the whole footy world is looking at this case for a whole range of different reasons. And and post-game, I gave the, the basic facts about what took place. Um, but ultimately, we're looking at what a GD care looks like in this space. You know, to have a player concussed for two minutes, I think we're all looking at the different types of footy acts that are out there and, and the space that we've come to in this area. We've come a long way as an industry about how we protect the head, whether that be within tackles, within bumps, with a whole range of different football acts. And I think this is another example of what does a, a duty care look like in a, in a football act and the whole footy world will be looking at what the, the outcome of this result is and um, it will certainly be one of those clubs. Yeah, interesting uh, what Simon Goodwin had to say, the Melbourne coach at the press conference today. Certainly the leading story for Cobram Estate, Australia's most awarded extra virgin olive oil, grown, harvested and first cold pressed in northern Victoria. We'll keep you right up to date with what's happening with the Braden Maynard case. As I said, I don't expect it to fall in our time. Uh, very shortly, when he's speaking to the uh, first West Australian to win a Brownlow medal, Graham Moss, and you're probably asking, why are you speaking to Graham Moss, Peter? Well, Graham Moss was the coach of the Claremont Football Club. After he won the Brownlow medal, he returned here to Western Australia to coach Claremont from 1977. And during that time, he was involved with coaching a couple of young Indigenous boys that came up from Mount Barker, known as the Cracker Brothers, Jim and Phil. Well, last night, Phil Cracker was inducted into WA Football Hall of Fame. I'll be talking to Phil Cracker on the program in just a moment. But prior to that, I'm going to speak to Mossy about those early days, those early days of when Graham Moss, in his role as captain and as coach, saw the Cracker Brothers come up to Claremont Oval and what his first indications were and whether in his wildest dreams he'd ever think they'd turn out to be the great footballers they were for Claremont, North Melbourne. And, of course, Phil played one final season at then-known Footscray. You can join us anytime on the Temperate Bedshed text machine 0487 736 736 or give us a call 13 12 55. We are here for the Kia EV6 GT, World Performance Car of the Year and Toolmart, the complete tool centre, serving WA for over 45 years. So Graham Moss and Phil Cracker will join us on the program and also we'll reflect on last night's Sandover medal. First East Perth player in 20 years, Ryan Turnbull, uh, was the last East Perth player to win the Sandover medal. Well done to Hamish Brayshaw, who was the runner-up last year, going one better this year. So we'll focus on that a bit later on. Tom of Bayswater has given us a call on the Tempera Bedshed uh, call line. Uh, hello, Tom. How are you? Thanks, thanks. Good thanks, Peter. Nice to talk to you. I just want to make a couple of points. I'm following the uh, the blog on uh, online about the whole Maynard tribunal, and they're talking about you know the reaction time he had to make to make a decision of you know once once the ball was sort of passed, he's attempted to smother him. I watched the game for a while, and blokes nowadays are very capable of making very quick decisions. I mean, you talk about. You see, you know, young Ashcroft, who's, you know, at this level, has been playing the game for five minutes, was able to do catch the ball, kick the goal, before he even landed on the ground. Uh, I just, I don't know, you know no one, I don't think any reasonable person would think Maynard had any intent to, um, to hurt Brayshaw. I think that's a given. But 
at the end of the day, I think that, you know, there's a consequence to every action in the game. Yeah, and I think that saying there was a small time frame to him to react in a certain way is, is really a bit of a red herring. And yeah. no one wants to see him get rugged up, but you, know, you see blokes make split-second or less than split-second decisions almost every week. What's interesting, Tom, is if, again, Maynard actually did touch the ball. In other words, he got a couple of fingertips to to it and the ball deflected. So in some ways he did smother the ball. As we know in the end, he didn't actually touch the football. Had he touched it, I'm just wonder whether the dynamics of this would have changed considerably because reportedly his intentions were to smother. In the end, he was unsuccessful with that action. And we know what followed. But had he been successful to a certain degree and smothered the ball, whether completely or in part, then all of a sudden I reckon this hearing would have taken a bit of a different tact because he would have been successful at the tribunal tonight if he was still going to the tribunal saying, that was always my act to try and smother the ball. I did smother it to a certain degree, but unfortunately, the, the follow-through took out Angus Brayshaw. That's going to be very interesting. But it, as we know, he wasn't successful in any way in getting any part of his hand on the football. Justin, uh, St Kilda have made multiple list changes with four players informed that their contracts won't be renewed for 2024 and beyond. Goodbye to Jack Bytel. Leo Connolly, Jack Perris and Oscar Adams are tonight no longer St Kilda players. So there you go. It was interesting actually last night on AFL 360 where the St Kilda coach in Ross Lyon, who I thought was very good last night, Roscoe, when he is in a position where there is some very topical issues, uh, I think he's, he's ordinary with the mundane questions. But I reckon with the hard questions... And the ones that you expect the journalists and respected commentators to throw at him, he answers very well. Now, he was asked about the comment, uh, how the club handled the Tim Membry situation that we spoke about last night. And he answered it very, very well. Have a listen. Made the decision when everyone arrives 1.30 in, shared what I could, and because we always do, and then anyone got any questions that we can answer? And then if anyone doesn't feel they're up to the challenge, there's an emergency Ryan Burns ready to go because there's some people close to the situation. So tried to just get rid of legitimate conversations that would have occurred otherwise. Um, and one place said today was just a bit confusing, just trying to figure it out. But that was the situation we are in. So unique, no, no rule book, but... Just try and be as honest and get um, the ability to reset. You know, it certainly wasn't a... Re you can't quantify what effect, but, no, look, it's it, not ideal. It had to have been unsettling for young men, didn't it? It's not ideal, but it's certainly no excuse. Yeah.
Mm, there you go. That was uh, Ross Lyon on last night's AFL 360 on Fox talking about uh, Tim Membry. We did mention it on the Sports Day WA last night. Of course, his late withdrawal from elim- that elimination final against uh, GWS. Uh, and, of course, uh, that sports update, thanks to Polaris, their plate clearance deals are on now. Save $2,000 on the Ranger 1000 EPS, plus get $1,000 free accessories. As a young man, I used to go down to Claremont Oval when my beloved East Perth used to play the Tigers. And I used to see this combination of brothers known as Jim and Phil Cracker tear my team and other WAFL teams apart. They stemmed from Mount Barker. They came up here from the deep south and uh, they played at Claremont under the tutelage and the guidance of one of our greats of all time in Graham Moss. And I thought before we speak to Phil Cracker, it'd be, go, it'd be good to go back all that way to the late 70s when Mossy was their coach. And when he saw these two brothers come up to Claremont Oval and start playing Australian rules football first with Claremont. And uh, Graham Moss, of course, Brownlow medalist, one of the greats of the game, a legend of the game, uh, joins us on the program now. Mossy, thanks for your time. Yeah, pleasure, Pete. Pleasure to be on the show. Do you feel in some ways that you were a little bit privileged to be coaching two young men from Mount Barker that now are both in the WA Football Hall of Fame? We know Jimmy went in last year and, of course, Phil this year. Yeah, no, I I feel very proud, actually, to have played some part in their their football development um, at Claremont. Um, they were two, you know, raw kids coming out of the bush up to, to Perth, and uh, we had to get them, you know, settled into the way of city life, as well as get them onto the training track. And uh, I didn't really have to coach them all that much, I can say, because they, <laughs> they just had this, you know, this, this natural brilliance about them. And uh, Jimmy came up first; I think he was a year, year ahead of Phil. Um, and uh, I had the, I had the privilege really of, of rucking to, to both of them. Probably Jimmy more than Phil because you know, Phil tended to play on a on a half forward flank and you know come flashes through the middle. But um, Jimmy and I developed a, a very close Ruckman Rover relationship, and um, I used to, to love it when uh, I'd go up and hit it directly in the direction of Jimmy. He'd, he'd come in and pick it up and fire a long hand pass, pass out to, to Phil who was lurking. We didn't have a square in those days, but lurking around and. Uh, one bounce and whack it on the, the chest of Warren Ralph who was leading out from full forward. And I looked down, I had moved out of the centre circle. So it was uh, pretty easy. Yeah. Right, you know, rucking to those two. Well, you took on a big responsibility, captain coach. Uh, you were at Claremont. And they reckon there was a bit of telepathy uh, regarding the Cracker Brothers. They yeah. seemed to know exactly where they were, that is, each other, when they got the ball. And often yeah. they would link up, wouldn't they? Oh, all, yeah, all the time. Um, yeah, they they did, and Phil talked about it um, last night at the Hall of, uh, Hall of Fame dinner. And um, they, they, just, they just it was a, you know they just knew where the other one would be. I guess it's when you when you live together and kick the ball around for 15 or 16 or 17 years before you you, you know, start playing football, you develop that um, that uncanny next that, that sort of sixth sense of where the other one's going to be. And uh, yeah, they, you know I said Jimmy would flick a handball that he, he he would have his head down. You know, boring through the centre centre square to get the ball, and then he just, without even looking, he just know Phil was out there somewhere, and he'd flick one out to Phil. <coughs> Phil would, um, 
and Phil would do the same thing, you know. And, uh, if, if Phil got into trouble with players around him, he, he would know Jimmy was working around somewhere to support him and um, and just fly him hand pass out to, to Jimmy was uh, was quite incredible. And you know they just kept on developing that, and you you see that some of the food, particularly for North Melbourne when they were playing at North Melbourne together um, in, that, in the big time. Um, there, the way they worked together was just outstanding, and it's just great to see um, Phil being inducted into the Hall of Fame. I know when Jimmy was inducted, he was a bit put out that um, they hadn't included Phil. He said, "Well, it's not just about Jimmy Cracker. We're the Cracker Brothers. You know, we're Phil." And, uh, <laughs> I, had a, I, had a, I had a word to him. He said, "Look, you know, Phil, Phil's, Phil's time will come. Jimmy, they can't induct everybody at the one time." Um, and sure enough, it's come along, and it was was great to see both of them there last night when when, when Phil got up to except his um, his uh, certificate. He gave Jimmy a big hug on the way up and uh, they all shared a table together and it was just uh, it was a great feeling in the room to, to see the Cracker Brothers united in the Hall of Fame. Interesting, uh, you mentioned they embraced the last night. Even as young men coming up from Mount Barker and uh, moving away from their comfort zone and their family, were they close? Were they inseparable at Claremont, whether they were on and off the field? Yeah, pretty much so. They lived together. Um, we we got them a house just down the road from Claremont Oval, and uh, um, they, had, you know, they, they, Jim and Phil lived together along with some of their relations, and um, that was good. Um, and um, they had well, one important factor, I think, with them. They had a very good uh, parental guidance upbringing. Their their father was very highly regarded in the area. He was a he was a shearer, and he he worked you know in the local um, the Mount Barker um, area. Um, shearing sheep and, and his, uh, their, their mum was fantastic and uh, the father was fairly fairly stern, you know, disciplinary with them he, he made sure they didn't muck around and get out of control and so that was very important I think in their, in their upbringing Mossy, as I said, uh, just a fantastic combination. They exhilarated people here in the WAFL when it was the premier competition in this state and, of course, with North Melbourne in then VFL. And it's great to see them both inducted. As far as brothers are concerned, we see the Dacos brothers now uh, and everybody's talking about them. But there'll never be another set of Cracker brothers, will there? No, I don't think so. The, the flair that they exhibited, I mean, you know, the Dacos boys are geniuses too, but these guys just, you know, the speed they had, acceleration that they had to get to the ball and then just, you know, flick it out and you always know there was another, another cracker boy on the on the end of it. And, and I, I guess, you know, two Aboriginal players. And, you know, they, they copped a fair bit of stick on the field and, and uh, Jimmy was, wasn't backward and coming forward when it came to protect his brother. And... Um, um, but they, they weathered all that and, and just got on and played beautiful football. And they'll, you know, they'll, they'll be remembered forever um, as far as their contribution to it or their, for, for the Indigenous players that are now playing the game. Very much so. And I'm just actually now SENWA Studios and I just have a look there at the Nicky Winmar statue with, of course, Nicky pointing to the colour of his skin in that match when he was playing for St Kilda against Collingwood. Certainly, uh, Nicky was a pioneer with all that. Uh, before I let you go, uh, Mel Winnan, uh, elevated to legend status last yep. night, where you are, of course, with the likes of John Todd and many of the other greats, uh, uh, richly yep. deserved. Yeah, was, and I had the, the honour of uh, announcing the fact that he'd been um, 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 what's the word, elevated to the, to the status of legend, which is fantastic. He's a wonderful person. I, I read out his citation, and, and it was like reading you know, the best football in the world. He won about nine fairest and best with uh, with West Perth. He was involved in about four or five premierships, um, Simpson medals, this, that. Um, never won a Sandover, but he was second in a couple. But uh, 
Um, he resisted the temptation to go to Melbourne because he just he just didn't like the climate over there. Um, stayed and, and played obviously uh, as a, a great West Perth player. It was it was great to see him uh, elevate to legend status. Mossy, before we let you go, no doubt it would have been talked about last night to a certain degree uh, the Braden Maynard. Angus Brayshaw issue at the weekend. I know footy has changed. Have you got an opinion on it at all? Have they handed down a verdict? No, the they're still deliberating. Still I reckon they'll go into yeah. about midnight our time tonight, the way it's going. <laughs> yeah. But no, yeah. there would have been oh, a bit of table talk last night about it. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know. I, 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 if I put myself in, in, in uh, um, the Colin guy's um, boots, he saw Brayshaw coming in about to have a shot for goal. So what do you do? Do you just you don't do anything? You let him kick a goal, or do you you try and smother the ball? Do you do you throw yourself uh, uh, onto his boot as he's kicking it um, and risk the fa- risk getting you know a boot in the face, or do you jump in the air to try and touch the ball as it's coming off his boot, um, which is what he chose to do? And then of course um, what happens after that is is really in the lap of the gods because you don't know which how he's going to make contact with Brayshaw. You don't know how. Which, Brayshaw is going to duck or do it. So, you know, I, I think personally that they just let it let it go. It's a it's a it's a freak accident that happened mm. in a game of football. I, I don't think he had any, You know, his first priority is to stop to try and stop the ball going. You know, leaving Brayshaw's feet and going through potentially for a goal. And that's what he that's what he chose to do. And um, good on him. Mm. Um, but I think I spoke to I spoke to Ian Brayshaw today. Who, you know, Ian Brayshaw played for Claremont. He also played in a test, uh, cricket career. He he started all this dynasty. He he fathered um, <laughs> Sticks, uh, James Brayshaw, and Mark Brayshaw, and a couple of other Brayshaws. They have all had kids, and, and now there's more Billy Brayshaws playing football. You can poke a stick at, but uh, and I spoke to him today, just congratulating for as his grandson uh, Hamish winning the Sandover Medal. And he said, "Yeah, it's been a bit of a roller coaster ride." He said, "We've well, uh, we've been going through the anguish of." of um, Angus getting injured, and the, uh, but then the, then the, uh, you know, the, the fantastic news that Hamish has won the sand out of the middle. So um, it's up as ups and downs in the Brochure family at the moment. Yeah, very much so. Well, we've just tracked down Phil Cracker. He's just about to okay. join us. Uh, no doubt he's heard the tail end of your chat. So uh, he's yep. listening online, and no doubt uh, I'm going to say that I've just had Graham Moss on the program. And, of course, he started all for you, Phil. Mossy, thanks for your time. Uh, you are a legend yep. in the in the real sense of the word when it comes to footy in this uh, part of the world. And we thank you very much for your time. Yep. Yeah, thanks, Peter. And, and, Phil, if you're listening, good on you. Congratulations again. Extremely well done. You're, you're now joining your brother in the Hall of Fame. And uh, we'll see you over here, hopefully, once a year to, for uh, future Hall of Fame dinners. Good on you, mate. Good Cheers. on you. Graham Moss joining us here on the program. And at 22 past five, let's go to Phil Cracker, who has spent, and only going to spend some time here in Perth after all, he currently resides in Melbourne. Phil, thanks for your time. Peter Vlahos with you. Congratulations. Uh, thanks very much, Pete, for those wonderful kind words. And gee, it was, so, it was, it was wonderful to hear the great man, um, Graham Moss, uh, speak, you know, speak about, um, you know, giving give his congratulations. Uh, you know, absolutely loved him as a person and a, a superstar, probably, well, the greatest footballer I've, I've ever seen. Mm. I got Mossy on, Phil. Only to sort of uh, go back to those late 70s when Jimmy, uh, a year before you, uh, went up to Claremont Oval, 
He was the captain coach. He just came back from Melbourne after being a Brownlow medalist for Essendon. And his first initial thoughts uh, on the brothers at Claremont. And he gave us a great little insight how close you were, how you worked together, uh, both on and off the field. Tell us about those early days at Claremont and how important they were in your and your brother's development as then uh, Waffle and then eventually VFL footballers. Yeah, I think the important one about that is, you know, I was probably real, real young. I think I went up right about 17, and I was too young to realise probably what was happening, what, you know, what was about to happen. And uh, so I had to be guided by, you know, like the more experienced people, like, you know, Graham Moss, Dalton Goodin, Robbie Melville, you know, and, and all these sorts of guys, uh, all these sorts of guys. So I was lucky that um, I was guided in, in in that sort of direction because, you know, all I wanted to do was you know get out there. You know, I wasn't into a lot of hard work training that sort of stuff. So, you know, there was a lot of people that had a lot of work behind the scenes. Barry Price was another one that was at Claremont. Mm. So I was extremely lucky to have that that sort of support. But also prior to that, there were some incredible people down in the country. Um, you know, that was guiding me down there as well in Mount Parker. So, um, and then, you know, my parents as well. So, mm. yeah, I was, yeah, I was lucky. Yeah, well, Mossy mentioned that. He mentioned your dad, Eric, uh, and your mother, Phoebe, who was such uh, great guidance for you and Jimmy when you came up to the big smoke here in Perth. Uh, and no doubt they were pivotal in your development. Yeah, no, absolutely phenomenal. They were, they were, you know, they was uh, everything to Jimmy and I. And um, and uh, you know, we really, you know, basically played uh, played football or played sport. Uh, always wanted to make mum and dad proud. You were here and you saw Claremont with Mossy win a premiership in 1981, which was a special moment for the brothers and a special moment for Graham Moss when he came back from. Uh, Melbourne to take uh, his beloved Claremont to a premiership in 1981. Do you remember that day? Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, quite clearly. And um, I, I remember the, like, the, the days and the years leading up to that as well, where you know 1978 Claremont missed out on the finals by 0.01%. 1979 uh, Claremont went out. We finished, I think, roughly on top of the ladder, and we played went out straight sets in both finals. And then 1980 uh, went out in the first final. So there was been, a, you know, there was a lot of um, uh, what can I say? There was a lot of um, sadness uh, occurred before we actually got to that, you know, wonderful day. I think it's the third or fourth of October, 1981. Mm. How did you get to North Melbourne? Was Ron Joseph involved in any way? Because he was sort of pivotal in that era in trying to build North Melbourne, as he did during the 70s and early 80s. Was he the architect in getting the crackers to Arden Street? Yeah, absolutely, he was. And uh, there was at that particular time, around about 1979, it all all took off. Um, And uh, Geelong Football Club, uh, they came... Uh, and then the person that was behind the scene at the Geelong Football cr- uh, Club, I uh, love him dearly and uh, rest in peace, uh, was Polly Farmer. So Polly was worked at McInerney Forge with Dennis McInerney. That's right, he did too. So. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, and, and the late Paul, Polly was um, uh, one of us to go to Geelong and et cetera, uh, all that sort of stuff. And the media at the time, they made, you know, for, for example, they used to write in the papers, Polly won a cracker, that sort of stuff. It was, it was quite <laughs> funny. 
<laughs> anyway, so and then and then Ronnie Joseph came over at the same time, seventy nine, and we, we we started from there, and it was it was kind of it was kind of trying to weigh all up, uh, go to North Melbourne or, or go to Geelong, but the first thing we wanted to do was uh, hang around in in Perth because uh, it was a pinnacle, uh, been playing West Australian football. As a kid growing up, that's really all I ever wanted to do. Um, of course, um, yeah. And um, anyway, where was I? And then, yeah, so, and then it just came down to North Melbourne and Geelong. And then eventually we decided that uh, we'd go to North Melbourne. And what we'd done is we signed a, a, a deal or a contract that we had to get over there within two years. So we, so we signed in 81. Uh, sorry, we, we, we both signed up in 1980 to play for North Melbourne, and then we had two years to get over there. Mm. And you got and, there in 82. Uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, lucky in 82, because we won, we won the premiership, luckily in 81. Uh, uh, and then, um, yeah, then once once we won the premiership, uh, uh, it was time for us to go and, you know, have a go elsewhere, both of us, Jimmy and I. Yeah, and of course, uh, you carved out a great career at North Melbourne, 141 games. You led their goal-kicking, actually, on three occasions. You played, as you know, as a very wily uh, half-forward flanker, kicked plenty of goals with your left peg, and Jimmy, as we know, was a, a penetrating rover, as they term them now, midfielders. But your telepathy was always there. I reckon Jimmy knew where you were and you knew where Jimmy was. You used to link up a lot, didn't you? No, absolutely didn't. And that comes back to, um, you know, clearly being brothers and living in the same house and, trying, you know, family and and um, and just and just got, you know, like, so used to sharing things, if you like. Like, you like you share your food, you share, you, you share your presence and and you share, you know, so many things as you do growing up as a, as a brother or sisters. And uh, so why not share the football? Yeah, he's a great man, Jimmy. I know he went through a few little tough times, uh, as we know, and you would have been there supporting him during that period yes. of time. I'm actually looking, uh, Phil, at the Nicky Winmar statue. Our our broadcast uh, radio station is at Optus Stadium, SENWA, and I can see Nicky Winmar, yes. that iconic uh, figure where he's pointing to the colour of his skin when he was playing for yes. St Kilda against Collingwood. How difficult was it for you and Jimmy, being, of course, of an Indigenous uh, race and being a different colour, did you cop a lot of abuse during your waffle and your VFL days? Oh, all the time. Because it was, it, was it was deemed as a tactic, uh, you know, by, by the opposition. So, you know, the op- and, and where, where it was really, really, really tough, like you can kind of, to some degree, it's not acceptable, but you can kind of cop it beyond the fence, what takes place. But in our case, it was actually right out on the ground, you know, where you know, you know, where players would call you all sorts of names, and um, and that was the hard part, and uh, no one did anything about it, and 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 that went on for decades. So saying that, uh, I know Jimmy was uh, more the brawler than you were. It was at times it got yes. to Jimmy more than it got to you, hence why he got involved in a few melees and a few fights on the footy field. Uh, pretty pretty much so. Jimmy reacted straight away. You know, where I I I probably try to try to find another way if I could. You know, like rather than you know being suspended and all that sort of stuff, I'd, I would you know try to um, you know kick a goal or lay a tackle or do something different. You know, what I'm yeah. But it, no, did it get to Jimmy more? No, it didn't. Um, it got to me. I I still hurt from uh, the remarks. Um, you know, you know, like it, it, it cut it cut really deep and. 
and we're talking, you know, decades and de- uh, you know, decades of just, you know, racially being abused on and off the field. Mm. And off the field, you can you can cop to a degree, but not on the field. Yes. Do you think it's improved over the years, Phil? Now you live in Melbourne. You would see a lot of football. You'd see a lot of uh, players talk to them. Do you think it's improved uh, the racial aspect when it comes to our great Indigenous players and, and what they received over the years? Yeah, I think I, I think to be honest with you, the um, um, it's improved as as much as there are now. Uh, almost every AFL club have got four, five, three or four, three, four, five Indigenous players playing for them. So, um, so from from that aspect, there's no one in the world. Uh, uh, the the players are going to say anything about. The, uh, the opposition players because they got Aboriginal players playing for them. Mm. Where in, in in my day, in Jimmy's day, uh, there was myself over there and the, the late Morris Rowley. Yes. Rest in peace. And um, all the other clubs never never had an Aboriginal person, so they would not understand. Mm. Where in today, so that's where it's improved. And from the crowd's point of view, um, there's a bit more. You know, the AFL puts things out; they try to stamp it out. So, from the crowd's point of view, people are. Not no longer saying it as much, but they will always be thinking it. Mm. Who was your hero growing up, Phil? Who did you look up to as a young boy? Oh, there were so many. There were so many. There was people like Billy Walker that I met last night. Um, there were people like Malcolm uh, Mel, Mel Winnan, Cowboy mm. Cowboy Bygrave. <laughs> yeah, so 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 many that uh, that I looked up to. Then from Clement Dave, Bruce Dipperizel, you know. Um, uh, the Hall brothers, yeah. Uh, you know, it was just, yeah. You know, I, I, I was, I was a football lover. I, I, I love, um, um, you know, five or six, ten players from every every club. Mm. What was it like last night? It would have been a special moment for you, as I mentioned. Jimmy now lives, of course, back in WA. You've decided to reside and stay in Melbourne. You would have loved coming back last night. I, I, I loved it, and the biggest thrill I got was. Um, yeah, I like uh, seeing Alan Watlin or uh, Graham Moss again, and um, uh, I, I saw, um, you know, seeing what's uh, Mel Winnan. I think Mel. I think, I'm pretty sure Mel got inducted as a legend. Yeah, he got legend. Night. He got elevated yeah. last yeah. night. Yes. Yeah, and to, and to me that was, you know, that's childhood memories. That's that's a dream that I wanted to one day. Um, you know, it's what I wanted to be to be like these guys, be a good footballer like them, and. Mm. Um, uh, I, you know, I don't know, Rob, but I, I wasn't at that level. Uh, Phil, yeah. you were born a year after me. I was born in the same year as Jimmy. You were bloody good footballers, mate. Uh, I never supported Claremont, and I used to dread being an East Perth supporter when we used to travel to Claremont Oval, and the Cracker Brothers and Warren Ralph and Graham Moss were at their best. We had no chance. And let me tell you, when I look back on it, it was one of the thrills, now as a broadcaster, and I've been a broadcaster for a long time, that I reflect on just the enormity of what the Cracker Brothers produced here in Western Australia when they went to Victoria. So, mate, it's richly deserved, uh, Your Honour. It's great that you and Jimmy are now both in the West Australian Football Hall of Fame. And, of course... uh, uh, your nephew, Andrew Cracker, has been doing some good things as well now in the media. And, uh, of course, the Cracker name does live on. Also, of course, Nathan played with Port Adelaide and the Gold Coast as well. Uh, so the name does live on, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And there's another little young guy playing at the Western Bulldogs. 
he's my um, um, my niece's uh, my sister's. Yeah, uh, that's his grandmother, uh, Arthur Jones. Oh, and, oh and yes, right yes, now. yes. Yeah. He, so, I think yeah, he made yeah. his debut so, here at Optus Stadium during the season, if I yeah, recall. Yeah, so he's a cracker. And I'll tell you something, what, what a lot of people don't know last night, after I, I received the award and I was walking down the stairs, and not a lot of people know because the camera went elsewhere, but as, as I was walking down the stairs, uh, my pants fell down all the way down to my ankles. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope you were wearing jocks there, Phil. I had jocks on, and, I, and all you could see was right down to my ankles, and a guy, a guy rushed out there off because I... So, so really, uh, for me last time... Was yeah, it was all the pain, but it was also the all the uh, the all of shame. You know what I mean? Uh, good on you, uh, Phil. Someone's just texted in and just said, uh, "Don't forget Phil uh, to mention Phil about the great Billy Dempsey, of course, who was there uh, last night as well, a legend of the game oh, here in yeah, WA." Sorry, yeah, yeah, I, I actually spoke to Bill on the table. Uh, I, I saw him outside. I just said to him about you know some of the days we spoke about and the great Polly Farmer, the Bill Dempsey, yeah, and. Um, yeah. Peter, Peter Stewart, and you can, you know, you can go on and on right. and on. And um, I, I love them. I, I love those guys. So I, you know, I, I wanted to be like them. I, I don't think I quite got there, but I've done my best. Hey, Phil, I've loved chatting to you, mate. It's been a really good conversation. Uh, as I said, I recall you as a young boy uh, running around Claremont over. You were some footballer. And congratulations on last night. You're staying in Perth for a couple of days? Yeah, yeah, I'm staying over here for a little while because what happened is I, I lost my license over in West Australia, ran out of the, over, in, over in Victoria, ran out of the merit points. So I, I had to get a, a motor mine or guy to drive me over here. And uh, and then, um, so I'm waiting for him to actually take me back. Yeah, because you and drove across then, another uh, board to get here, didn't you? No, because another board, well, I didn't because I've got no license. So I ran out yeah. of merit points. He, uh, the guy I came with, he, he drove across another board. Okay. And um, so, yeah, so I'll get back eventually. But it, I want to I hang around for four or five days because I want to visit as many families and friends as I can. Yeah, it's a great, I, uh, mate, it's yeah. Your, regardless of you living in Melbourne, this is your home. This is where it all started, Mount Barker and Perth. And, mate, thank you very much for joining us on the program. Again, congratulations on last night, richly deserved. Pleasure, and all the best to you and your radio station and, and, and your family and everyone. You're a good man. Good on you, Phil. Phil yeah. Cracker joining Thank us you. here on the program, uh, inducted in the WA Football Hall of Fame. We are running so far over time, but I couldn't cut him short. It was brilliant. This is Sports Day WA. The Scarborough. The award-winning seven-seat Kia Sorento. Kia, official partner of the FIFA Women's World Cup 2023. Toolmart, the complete tool centre, serving WA for over 40 years. This is Sports Day. Three and a half hours into the uh, Braden Maynard case. No uh, decision, no adjudication as yet. We'll keep you right across it here on SENWA. Let's go to the uh, Kia Temper at Bedshed text machine call line now, 13 12 55. Alan joins us from Lansdale. Hi, Al. How are you? Yeah, evening. How are you going? Good, good. Do you want to talk about the Maynard case, yeah, do good. you? Yeah, look, uh, just one main point. Um, if you um, watch that footage from front on, so from the goals and that Braden Maynard was running to, yeah. Um, Towards um, Angus Brayshaw, 
as soon as Brayshaw kicks that ball, as soon as that ball leaves his foot, his body is propelled maybe, well, not even half a step, I would suggest, but it's, he moves to the right. Mm. Um, now, Maynard can't move because he, he can't he can't change his um, projection. Yeah, trajectory. Um, yeah. Bray, 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 sorry. Yeah, his trajectory. Yep. Because he's because he's in yeah, flight. Because he's in yeah, flight. Right. Yep. Yeah. He's in flight. You know, the only thing he can do is wave his arms around. You know, but he's still moving forward at pace. Whereas Angus Brayshaw actually, you know, and and please watch the footage from the front because it's it's telling. Um, he he moves. It's not a great deal, but it's it's a, it's maybe not even half a step to his right yeah. after he releases the ball. Interesting, Alan, um, what you're saying because Collingwood are, are using that as an argument. They're likening, as I mentioned earlier, Braden Maynard and Angus Brayshaw to two cars. One car, Brayshaw, has veered into the path of another car being Maynard. As you mentioned, he may have taken that step, which then caused the collision. So, Alan, we'll see if that is the way it uh, is looked at tonight at the tribunal, but I doubt that we'll, we will have an adjudication by 6 o'clock tonight. Mate, thanks for the call, and thanks for listening to SENWA Sports Day WA. All right, it's coming up quarter to six. We need to clear another break. We've got some SMSs here. Norman Cowell says, I think everyone, Pete, has forgotten what reflex action is. When you see Maynard's second action, that's a reflex action. But there is no reflex action by Brayshaw to push him away or lead with his shoulder moving left out of the way. Uh, just another quick one, uh, Pete, uh, from Alex. Uh, Mel Winning richly deserved to being given legend status. What a player. Played over 300 games. He is on the run. Drop kicks had to be seen to be believed. A true gentleman. Uh, and he was so fair. You're right, Al. He was a very, very fair player. One quick break and back with more here on Sports Day WA. The award-winning seven-seat Kia Sorento. Kia, official partner of the FIFA Women's World Cup 2023. Toolmart, the complete tool centre, serving WA for over 40 years. This is Sports Day. On behalf of the Sandover family, I have great pleasure in awarding the 2023 Sandover medal to Hamish Brayshaw, East Perth Football Club. Congratulations. Oh, yes, well done to Hamish Brayshaw, great East Perth man. Uh, the leading headline for Era Gear is here to save time and water. Uh, yes, uh, he won quite convincingly, 26 votes he polled last night. We were going to feature a bit of Hamish Brayshaw, but we've run out of time, unfortunately, because of the chat we had with Graham Moss and Phil Cracker. That was uh, so engaging. Just quickly off the text, uh, Lisa Vellenbrook. Hi, Lisa. Jimmy's doing a stellar job keeping us updated on the Maynard case. Nothing much has transpired in the last our lease. They're still deliberating. Congrats to Hammer. Worthy winner of the Sand Over medal. But surprised how far down the list Zach Clark was. Uh, interesting. Uh, but well done to Hamish Brayshaw. Uh, here's Tomo of Bunbury. As someone who played juniors in the Great Southern and came up against a couple of Jimmy and Phil's nephews and a bloke with the last name Winmar, I can't imagine coming up against a team with those two in it. Got on you, Tomo of Bunbury. They were just sensational players. They certainly were. And um, here's a, another one at the top from Bobby. I think it's quite disgusting that some are blaming Angus for getting knocked out by Maynard. Hope Maynard gets a couple of weeks. That's from Bobby. All on the temper 
at Bedshed uh, Text Machine 0487 736 736. And just quickly, uh, A League Championship winning coach Nick Montgomery has moved to Scottish Club Hibernian. That's been confirmed by the Central Coast Mariners today. Montgomery uh, led the Mariners to the A League title last season, is now looking at uh, other challenges and he's going to Scotland. As I said, the sports news headlines, thanks to Irrigear which offers expert advice and better irrigation solutions to save time and water, Irrigear is here. And don't forget that uh, Beaumont Tiles is giving away a trip for two to American football's biggest game worth over $70,000 to shop in store at Beaumont's uh, before November 12, and you're in with a chance to win. TNCs do apply. The latest on the Maynard case is... They're now past a 40-minute mark of deliberations. And uh, it's a nervous wait for Braden Maynard at the moment. The tension is unbearable for him. It's kind of like the fans who sit in the stands with no control over what is about to happen next. So they're past a 40-minute mark of deliberation. So you think a decision is not far away. Asha, outstanding panel operator she is. Jimmy, thanks for all your work today as the executive producer of Sports Day WA. Hey, guys, can you come back tomorrow? We'll do it again from five, OK? Thank you very much. And we'll no doubt talk about the Braden Maynard case. Have a good night, everyone.